This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So I have to close what we opened Friday night. But before I close what we opened Friday night, I want to tell you, I want to finish the story that um, we were speaking about yesterday, how I came to um, do what I do. So I was in the middle of the story, some of you weren't there, some of you were there. I was in the middle of a story that on a Tishabot night, I was asked to speak to a group of boys and girls in a place in Flatbush called Judah's Place, which was created for boys and girls that had come out of rehab and to keep them off the streets. So they had a pool table and ping pong table and whatever they had there. So I had never dealt with children that were from that went off the dark. I was always dealing with children, doing care of children that that came from unfrom families. And anyone who knows anything about Kirov knows that when you mekarid people from from families that were never from and you show them a Shabbos and you show them Tfilin and you show them Tfilah, they get very, very excited and you're able to bring them into client show. It's sort of like giving someone cherry cherry pie for the first time. Everyone's excited to try it. The cure for Chokim is much harder because they already ate the cherry pie and they spit it out. And now you come back and you want to give them the cherry pie again, they're like, I know I don't like it. So you cure for Chokim, you have to make it look like a different kind of pie with whipped cream, with chocolate, with whatever you can to make it unrecognizable to give it back to them. So the group that I was going to see were all kids from from homes. So I walked in and I sat down and I had a story I was going to say about Moshe Rabbeinu. I was going to talk about how we know that Akash Baruch Hu created the world. I was going to prove to these children of Hashem. I had all my proofs. I was all ready. There were six people there. There were three girls and three boys. And as I told you yesterday, when it comes to the street, when you work with kids on the street, there's always one that has a big mouth. And there's always one that challenges the rabbi. And if that one wins the challenge... You lost all of them. But if you're able to win the challenge, they will become your chassidim. That's it. If you were able to beat the big shot that challenges you, so we as the people who work with these kids, we know that we have to come very well prepared. In this case, it was a girl. I sat down, and I'm ready to give my schmooze, and this little 14-year-old girl gets up, and she comes running to where I'm sitting, and she has piercings, she has... Her, her, her nose, her eyelids, her ears. I made a joke yesterday. She had so much metal in her face that had I had a magnet, I would have never gotten rid of her. <laughs> but that's how many piercings Nevos this, this, this Basti Stroll had, and she was so angry. And she came mommish up to me in my face, and she started screaming te- terrible words. We have to say, for Terry, I'm not going to repeat the words that she said, but the worst words you could imagine. And she said, this is what I think of Hashem and she cursed Hashem and she cursed rabbis and she cursed rebbers and she cursed the Torah and she was and I never in my life dealt with such a person and I had no idea what to say and in my head I'm like Hashem you need to help me here I, I never heard such a thing I deal with kids are not from they're not screaming and yelling and cursing Hashem and, and she's standing mamish over me and she's spitting and yelling and all the other kids are like yeah, get the rabbi. So I turned to her, her name was Abby. I said, 
I asked her, what's your name? Hey, what's this, your business? What are you asking? Mother's screaming at me. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but, but what's your name? My name's Abby. What is it to you? I'm like, Abby, I have to tell you something. And I'm stalling. I'm like, Hashem, you need to send me a message here. Because I have no idea what to tell this kid. And then he sent me the message. I said, Abby, I have to thank you. Thank me, thank you for what? I'm like, I came tonight to prove Hashem. But you're cursing Hashem. If you're cursing Hashem, it means you believe in Him. You're not cursing Martians or people from Pluto or people from Mars. You don't like Hashem at all. You don't get along with Hashem at all. But you believe in Him. Because you're cursing Him. It means you believe in Him. I'm like, you should get the shear. I'm going to come prove Hashem. Seems to me... You know Hashem. You don't like Him, but you know Him. Could you tell the class how you know there's not Hashem? She so wasn't ready for that. <laughs> she said, Are you saying that I agree that there's not Hashem? I'm like, No, I, I'm not saying it. You're saying it. I said, I have all these proofs, but tell, tell everyone. How do you know? I know you don't like it, but how do you know? She goes, that's my business. That's my business. I'm like, it's amazing. I came here tonight. I thought you're a bunch of atheists. You're not. I said, do you want me to continue? So she turns around, all the kids, they're all going like, whoa. Rabbi got Abby. Whoa. I'm like, Abby, it's not, it's not a contest between me and you. Really, I, I would find it interesting. I see you went through a very hard time. And you still believe in Hashem. Maybe you can explain to me. She said, well, not right now. I caught her totally off guard. And to make a long story short, I won that Bikuach. And I left. I was supposed to speak for an hour. I left at 5.30 in the morning. I sat with these six kids till 5.30 in the morning. Don't worry, I'm going to let you out of here before 5.30. <laughs> They're like, oh my gosh, you can do that. On my way out the door, I'll never forget, I shut as my, 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 my witness. I, I close the door, and I'm walking out, and this little blonde girl looks up at me, at me, and she says, Rabbi! I'm like, yeah. Could you be my Kavrusa? I said, no. I want to learn with you. I said, I'm not going to be your Kavrusa, but if once in a while you want to learn, no problem. To make a long story short, I brought her into my family. And she became part of my family. Wait, 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 I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I got her to take out all her piercings. Mom was all her piercings. But the one piercing I couldn't get out to get her to take out was her tongue ring. She had this little ring in her tongue, a little smiley, that every time she would talk, it would go up and down. It made me crazy, I couldn't talk to her. Maybe even sugar. So I already, I already have this relationship which is part of my family. I got, I got all the piercings out. I sat there and said, Abby, that, that, that's the most nourish I want to get infected and it's, it's disgusting. Could you please take that out? She said, Rabbi, I will never take out my tongue ring. Okay. I knew not to fight with her. A month later, I said to her, she had no money. She had mamish no money. I said, I'll give you $500. I took out $100, $200, $300, $400. This kid never saw $500. I'm like, 
Here's five hundred dollars. Give me your tongue ring. She said, Rabbi Rothstein, you don't understand. I'm like, what? She goes, that tongue ring is my identity. That's who I am. If I take out that tongue ring, I don't exist. Okay, well, you're going to tell the kid, that's her, that's her identity. What am I going to do? Fine. It made me sugar every time she came. Is there a chumash there by any chance? Is there a chumash? A chumash, a chumash, a in that box? No? Anyone have a chumash here? Any chumash in here? If anyone has a chumash, I need a chumash for a minute. But anyway, we're gonna, I will continue this, but I need a Megillah's Rus, actually. So, to make a long story short, to make a long story short, I'm walking home, Simchus Torah from Rabbi Weinfeld's shul. I'm on the corner of Avenue K. And I turn to Abby. She's coming to my house now. It's after the Pakafais. She's coming to my house to eat. Oh, Yishkoyah, fantastic. She'll be gebenched. So I turn to her and said, Abby, here's the deal. I heard a story about a guy in Israel that was doing this, so I figured I'll try. I said, Abby, here's the deal. So the worst is here. If you give me your tongue ring, I will pierce my talus bag with it, and I will have your tongue ring on my talus bag. First, I'm going to put it in the mikvah for two days. <laughs> then I'm going to put it in alcohol for another two days. And then I'm going to put it on my talus bag. And every Shabbos, when I wear my talus, actually start off my weekly, my weekly talus bag, when I put on my talus and fill it, I will think of you. She said, you would never put my tongue ring in your towels. I'm like, if you take it out, I'll put it in my towels. I have to think about it. It's ridiculous. Why would you do that? I'm like, it's a deal. We walked one more block. She said, Rebbe Wallstein, close your eyes, close your eyes and put out your hand. I said, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> she said, no, no, I'm serious. Just put out your hand. I put out my hand. I remember her taking it out. There's no ooh when you get a tongue ring from a girl like this. There's no ooh. It's Kedusha. Trust me. She just changed her whole identity. And she dropped the man. I did say ooh, by the way. I was like, ooh. <laughs> and I put it in my pocket. Since then, my towel's been pierced many, many times by many, many girls' piercings. $500. And she needed money so badly, it didn't work. Why my towel's back? And the answer is that all these children, all they want is recognition. I spoke about this last time, I believe. There's a by it says, all oh my notes are left upstairs, so I don't have them to the right in front of me, but I know in my heart. It says, when the brothers came down, it says, Vayakirehu, he recognized his brothers. Two seconds later, it says, Vayakirehu, he recognized his brothers. And they did not recognize him. Why did the Pusik repeat that he recognized his brothers? <coughs> And the terror is that Yosef HaTzadik's pain when the Malach asked him Matavakesh he didn't ask him where are you going he said what do you want Yosef what do you want what are you missing 
He said, my brothers is who I want. I want to belong. I want to be recognized. His struggle, his whole life, was that he was different. The Balachalemois, they looked at him from afar. When you look at another Jew from afar, they plan to kill him. When you look at another Jew from afar, you don't see who they really are. Yosef was coming to see how they are. He was a shlutas from his father, a to see how they're doing. But they looked at him from afar and they said, If Yosef is coming, he must have had more dreams. They never gave him a chance to tell him why he was coming. They are ready to destroy him. They are ready to try to kill him before he opened his mouth. And the tyrant never says that he told them what he was there for. Never gave him a chance because when you look at another Jew from afar, you don't understand what he's really there for. Taylor says the biggest tragedy is when he recognized them. They didn't recognize him. He said, says that how come they didn't recognize him because he was 17 years old when he was kidnapped. And now he had a beard. So the kasha is just the opposite. We know the Chidot says, but now from all this varim, that Yosef looked exactly like Yaakov. So when he was 17, he didn't look like Yaakov. Yaakov had a beard. He didn't have a beard. But now, 22 years later, Yosef had a beard. So they were looking at their father's face. And Yosef looked exactly like Yaakov and he had a beard. The brothers were looking at Yaakov. So the tires of Bithia. He recognized them, the head like How could it be that he didn't recognize them? The answer is the major said, where did they go looking for him? And what did they decide their brother was? They went in the streets of the ill-reputed women. They went to look for him in the most immoral place in the Mitzrayim. If that's what you think of a Jewish kid, if you already paskened on him that that's what he is, you could look at Jacob Avinu's face and not recognize it. And when he decided to tell them, when I looked at Chidah, I was mamish dancing in my kitchen. The Chidah says that when he said, you have to hear the word in the, the passage. So he, he, he tells them now who he is, right? Just have to read it from inside one second. Here it is, okay. Because they were his brothers. I am Yosef. Is my father still alive? Listen to this. They could not answer him. Why? What does that mean? They were in awe of his face. Because 
said, I knew, on the earth stage, they were looking at Yaakov. And they're like, how could we have gone through all this, but yawning, going back, and all these mices, how could we not recognize the puddles? How could we not recognize, could we hollow the puddles? They were nibbled from his face. We saw him when we came to him trying. He was exactly like our father. Says the Chidah, why did Joseph ask for Oida Michai? He knew they kept talking about him. Because he said, listen to what Yosef said, if they didn't recognize my face, if they would have just left Yaakov Avinu and came to Mitzrayim, they would recognize me. But maybe my father died 17 years ago, and they forgot what my father looks like. So he thought that maybe the reason they didn't recognize me is because my father really died a long time ago, so they didn't make comparisons. So he said, I need Yosef, my father's still alive, how come you guys didn't recognize me? And they looked at him for the first time and they realized they looked like Yaakov Avina, but we already made a judgment. We already made a judgment on what he should look like and where we should find him. And therefore, you can be looking at the greatest person in the world, but if in your head that you made a judgment, then you won't even see them. The closure of, of Friday night never ever will Akash Baruch Hu say that I don't recognize my children. Ever. With all the stories, with the internet, with all the mices that I told you, with everything. There's no such thing. Because no matter what we're going through, our father is still alive. And I want to end this whole convention with a poem that a Chasidisha girl wrote from a rehab who went through crazy trauma by people that she trusted the people that were from. And her first reaction was to walk out of Yiddishkeit. And she starts off a poem very angry. But the pintle comes out at the end of the poem. So no matter how much pain I spoke about, at the end of the day, the pintle wins. Someone came over tonight and said, my son today, my son is this and that. Is he ever going to come back? 100%. We have an ashama that is indestructible. People ask me, how do you go to sleep at night? How do you how do you walk around? You see so much pain. And I'm like, I see so much pain. And I see neshamas that are in the mud, so deep in the mud. But then I see them come out. So I have so much more hope than anyone else because I see the nefila, but then I see psh, people came out to me, this girl, this girl, she's married, she's this. I see the indestructible part of Yiddishkeit. I'm going to read this poem. And the last line that she writes, not in the poem, but on the little thing that I'm going to read, is the greatest word I've ever heard in my life. And I gave this, I was in a rehab, and I showed it to the Goyim, and they said, who is this girl? She said, who is this brilliant girl? She wrote something, and I'm going to end my whole speech with that. And when you hear that, you will never be in any more fear that anyone in Kleistral has ever lost forever. And what I want to end is with this. When Yosef was in the worst place in his life, in the biggest test of his life, and we all go through tests, and our children go through tests, he was a tzaddik, he was, he was, he was called the Yisoyed of Kleistral, and the Satan Potiphar's wife says the Chidah was actually the Satan, Yosef was Adam. 
and he had this crazy test. And the Torah tells us, by Yimain Yosef, Yosef refused, and all the men here know that there's a truck on top of Yimain, and the truck on top of the Mayim is the Shashalas. It's a siren. It's work. To refuse the Sahara is not a second. It's work. But Yimain has a Shashalas. But a Shalshalas is a chain. And the question is, the chain on my mind, what is it connected to? There's another Vayimayin in Pashas Vayeshev. Vayimayin Yaakov with his Nachem. The children of Clyde, the children of Yaakov came to be Menachem He closed the door and he said, I refuse. No nicham avelim. How can you refuse? It's halachi. You have to. This is shiva. Yaakov Avinu said, "I'm not sitting shiva. You brought me a coat. You brought me for a coat full of blood. I lost the ruach hakodesh, but you didn't bring me a body. Yisrael Tzadik is my son. He's Yisrael. He's the Aisha that's going to destroy Aisha. I'm not Mikabo that my son is dead. I don't know what happened." But until you bring me his body, I'm not sitting. I'm not sitting Shiva. I put too much into this child. I have too much hope for this child. Until you show me he's dead, by I will not give up. And far away, in a terrible place was a young boy named Yosef Atzanik saying the same words to Potipa's wife. By mind, I will not give up. I refuse to give up. So, before him, he saw the Kunai Shalavim. What does that mean? A magic face came to the window? The Kunai Shalavim was that he knew I don't know what my brothers are telling my father, but I know my father, until he sees a dead body, my father will never give up on me. When a person in this world knows that his parents, or his Rebbe, or his friend, or someone in this world refuses to give up on me, he will never give up on himself. The children that we lose, chas v'shalom, that leave this world, are the kids that think everyone gave up on them. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says the same thing. These are my children. They may be in the worst place in the world, and while she spoke Friday night, all the rehab and all the pain, and the women said they couldn't sleep. I said, that's not the reaction. The reaction is to go down. When it hurts, you cry. When it's took away, it's right. That's all I wanted from Friday night. That you should know that there are people who are not playing in Christ, but you need to know something very important. There are people that said, I'm a yayish on this, I'm a yayish on this. You can't be me yayish. By your mind, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu with his snacking. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has one child. And that's Kalanisrael. And he puts so much into us. And we're his age. And we may be in the worst place in the world. And we may be going through the biggest struggles. Technology, whatever we're going through. But we need to know that in the worst place, in the greatest pain, we need to refuse to give up. Because our Tati, Hashem He will never, ever give up on Kalei Yisrael. And that's the closure of all the pain that you're in and you're worried. We're a Tati who will never give up on us and therefore we can never give up on ourselves. I want to read you this poem from this girl. And with that we'll end and we'll let the rub speak. So she wrote the following in the beginning. It's a very angry, but you'll see what it means not to give up. She said the following. My heart is full of anger. And this is not a kid off the derev. This is a kid that went through some trauma. She was in a chesedashik school. She was doing very well. She went through some trauma and she ended up trying to hurt herself. And I actually got her out of a psych ward to go to a rehab. And Baruch Hashem, saved her life. And this is the beginning of her trip. And she writes the following. My heart is full of anger. And she's talking, she's writing this to Hashem. I pretend you are a stranger. I hide my face and look away. Can't remember the last time I prayed. Frozen tears I hold back. Emptiness. Because I feel connection I lack. I pretend not to care. I'm scared to allow myself to feel. You, Hashem, watch me suffer from way up high. I hear the echoes of my own cry. I feel like you're ignoring me and you don't care. I just want to end my life and disappear. Sitting in the blackness, desperate and alone, I'm searching for guidance, but no one seems to care. So I turn to you, Hashem, listen to the term, with a heart full of despair. Hashem, you put me in this situation. Please grant me my salvation. Give me the tools, hand me the key. Let me break free. Put navigation in my heart, please guide me through the dark. Help me accept your decision even if it's not what I envision. I try to let go of trying to be in control. It's your decisions, Hashem. I have to trust, I know. I still experience life's ups and downs, but I feel calm in Hashem's hands. I'm flung up and down, but Hashem won't let me fall. He is there even when I'm silent and don't call. He's holding my hands, guiding me through. I can feel he's here if I allow myself to. Christ, don't worry. If this girl can feel like Kodesh Baruch Hu after what she went through, the Pintaliyid is still alive. This is what she wrote to the girls in my school. 
Buried beneath layers of soil and trapped between stones, the little white seed felt trapped and alone. Oh, how she longed to bloom and sprout, but there she was stuck wishing to be let out. Her heart sang a sad song. She tried her best to remain hopeful and strong. Her tears began to pour out, falling softly to the ground, yet little did she know it was those tears that were helping her grow. Every day she cried and cried. It was so unfair she wondered why. And then it happened. She began to grow. Her growing pains caused her tears to continuously flow. A warm glow started shining down. The sun had made its way underground. The feeling of happiness she held on so tight, it lit up her darkness like a magical light. Her tears and sunshine starting to lift her out of the ground. The little white seed began to sprout. A little stem stood tall and proud. Her color started coming out. Colors like no one has ever seen. A stem and leaves, a perfect shade of green. And in the garden she stood tall, admired by all. Shir Hashir talks about Hashem going into his garden and picking his flowers. And with this I end my part of the Kerav Tuni. The last line that she wrote, which is absolutely amazing, and everybody needs to take home. It's such godless. And I want to tell you that Abby, who my talus bag has, her little yellow smiley, I met three years ago on Lag Baomer in Maron. I was walking up to Rav Shemir and someone, girl behind me screamed, Rebbe! There's only one girl in this world that calls me Rebbe. And that's her. And I turned around, and I'm looking at this girl with her hair covered, a big thick, covered mama still here, with a chasidisha man standing next to her. She says, Rabbi Wallstein, Rebbe, this is my husband, and these are my kindalach, little chasidisha kilopayas. said, Abby? Wait, when I go, when I go. I said, my wife was with me. I said, Abby? She goes, no. Abigail. No one calls me Abby anymore. She says, this is my husband. He bakes for Badat's matzahs for Pesach. I said, what are you doing? She goes, you're not going to believe it. I'm like, no, what? What are you doing? She goes, I'm a mora. I said, you're teaching kids? She goes, I'm a mora in a settlement on the West Bank. And she looks at me and goes, but ready? Oh no, she's screaming at me again. I was like, I don't understand you. I'm like, what did I do now? Back mouth the same fire. She goes, how could a person like you live in Schmutz Lawrence? <laughs> how could you not be living in Eric's Swell? Come, bring her out of Eric's Swell. What's wrong with you? And she was screaming, the same girl that was screaming at Hashem and at Yiddishkeit and the Rebbe and Chassid and everything. She was now screaming at me, where's your welfare at Yisrael? Ladies and gentlemen, never, ever give up. But remember, if you don't give them recognition, they could end up becoming so small. And here's the last line. Sometimes when you're in a dark place, you think you've been buried. But actually, you've been planted.
Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.